You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome once again to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am, as always, your host, Ben Wolf. Uh, we are going to have as our guest today the CEO and president of one of, uh, of one of the most prominent real estate brokerage firms in New York City and Long Island. And we're going to cover today, hopefully, uh, a couple of main topics. One is, is how he has uh, grown his firm through acquisition and the idea of, uh, you know, of growing through acquisition, which is definitely one method. And uh, also because this was originally a family business that was started by his father. So we'll learn about adapting a family business to change with, uh, to change with well, not only the times, but just to t- change with new goals and with changing business conditions. So we're going to cover that. And uh, as always, I uh, remind everybody to, if you want to make yourself uh, accessible to the information and the value that we're sharing on this show in the future, please subscribe. Make sure to leave a review, as we always uh, remind you that in whatever you know, whatever media through which you're listening to this podcast, because that makes uh, that causes the algorithms to make this show more available and come up higher in the search terms to other people and make that value of available to them too. So please, uh, please do that. And uh, with that, I just want to give you a little information on our guest today. Uh, he is the CEO and president of Shuckman Realty. Uh, the company Shuckman Realty was founded by his father, who was a real estate legend, Stanley Shuckman, about 40 years ago. Um, it, this is, Shuckman Realty is actually really one of the most prominent New York City and Long Island retail real estate brokerages. And, uh, you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm characterizing that wrong in any way. Um, but uh, he is very involved in numerous boards and giving back to the community uh, through, uh, through many, many organizations. Uh, we are friends and know each other for me- through many years living in the same community. Uh, you can find out more about his company at shuckmanrealty.com. That's S-C-H-U-C-K-M-A-N, shuckmanrealty.com. And without further ado, uh, I give you Ken Shuckman. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Ben. Okay. That was an amazing introduction. Um, and uh, Anything I left out? Well, no, you didn't leave anything out. It was, <laughs> it was actually uh, very articulate. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and uh, so what? Uh, so that's great. And so you know, this is uh, also one of the few one of the few shows that we get to record in person. So we get to actually hang out, see you as and hang out as we uh, as we speak. So that's nice. Um, so I guess uh, I guess first of all, I guess what I was hoping for is if you can uh, just share with share with me, share with us just a quick two minute history of. Uh, of the business, how it started, and and what the transition to your leadership looked like. If you could just give us a little context for everything else. (laughs) That's fine, thank you again. Um, So the company was started in 1978 um, by my father, Stanley Shockman, as you mentioned. Uh, The company was founded in a time when there was high interest rates, the shopping center business was relatively in its infant stages. my father, it's actually kind of interesting. My father was uh, not a very good student. Um, his uh, Like many entrepreneurs. Right, right. And good he, salespeople. He uh, came from a family of accountants. And, um, you know, I asked my father the other day, my son just got his ACT back and uh, asked him what he got in his SATs. He said he got a 700. 
So I said, on which one, math or English? And he said, on the total. Yeah, you got a 700. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so he could not be an accountant. I mean, literally everybody. I mean, like certain families are cops, certain families are doctors, Shuckmans are accountants. And um, uh-huh. so my grandfather, blessed memories, and in, in his wisdom, got my father a job with one of his clients, uh, a guy named Wilbur Breslin. Uh, at Breslin Realty, he was right, his right, first broker. He yeah. was his first broker. Wow! And uh, my grandfather was the accountant. My great uncle was his, I think, in-house counsel. And um, like many, th- you know, my father was very successful. Uh, he put together, I think, six shopping centers in his twenties. And wow. um, you know, when it was time for that big payday, the uh, his boss said, "Sorry," you know, and came up with all these reasons and. Long story short, my father walked out of the, out the door with oh, a, a lawsuit and a um, you know a table and a chair and a phone and started right from there. We still have his original sign. So um, wow. So he started his career, you know, his company really behind the eight ball. Um, we I can't, uh, that, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that that is to go through something like that. Yeah, my grandfather had left the company. Um, it was a big deal for everybody and. Um, so I, you know, that was when I was about three, four years old, young, you know, I started off young with uh, two young children, mortgage, the whole thing. And, right. oh. and so, uh, you know, my father always tells me that, uh, you know, you don't know what it means to have stress. And he's right uh, on, on that level. Right. He is 100 percent right. I mean, I my father works seven days a week, um, you know, up all night. I, I grew up with my father not sleeping. Um, because he always had adversity against him. I mean, that's been, and, and and it reflects how he is today as a person. It's it's interesting. So, huh. so when it comes to when you talk about heroes in the nineties, for sure, bar none, my hero. Um, but uh, so so with adversity, he specialized in representing retailers and their expansion of. You know their their plan, you know their strategy. He's more on the buyer side of the clients or the the lessee. Well, side. The, the he did everything. So what happens uh-huh. is when you when you represent a tenant and they're looking for, I mean, back then Long Island was still farmland and this. Right. Thing. So so when you represent a tenant, you actually get the opportunity to plan potentially the shopping center because if you represent the anchor tenant and they're building a whole shopping center, then like any business, you can actually plan the shopping center. Mm-hmm. So there's something in the shopping center that's called an anchor, right? right? So that we could talk about it for m- forever about what's happening to the shopping center business today. But basically, what he did is he basically planned and developed and consulted on probably I don't know. I mean, it's tens of millions of square feet in the New York metro area. But then he ended up doing it around the country. One of the first people to actually do it um, because he came from nothing. As I said, he had an opportunity to develop these shopping centers and own them himself. And uh, when, because he was so adverse to risk, he just took the large fees and built a nice bank account. And, you know, but that's what he did. And, um, you know, I grew up on his knee. He was a father that did not hold anything back, literally. So he talked about everything. Work, work the personalities, uh, everything, negotiations, Who's doing them in? Who's doing them right? You know. So, and how did that? 
affect your brain development <laughs> over and your childhood so, and so, teenage years. So we were just joking how the, uh, you know, when they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, my uh-huh. father and I are, and this is why we work so well together is because we are complete opposites, complete opposites. So there was someone we do business. I thought you were going to say you were similar. No, we are, com- our personalities <laughs> were complete opposites. Uh-huh. So someone said the other day that uh, they put his arm around my father, big, big guy, client of ours, put his arm around me. And he says, you know, they say that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He goes, he goes, when it, in your case, Stanley, the apple fell from the tree and rolled down the hill and rolled oh, down the street. To the next town. Uh, yes, yes. We're very different. But thank God. That's, I think that's a. Uh, why is it? Why is that a asset? Why does that make you work so well together? So you mentioned said? family businesses. So my father always jokes around the reason why we get along so well is because he listens to everything I say. Um, I'm more <laughs> of, I guess you could say I'm more of the dominant personality of the two. Uh, uh, maybe like now. described that I wouldn't, I yeah, wouldn't I know. Have, I wouldn't have thought that, <laughs> you know, my father's heart is, is, is larger than, than his brain. <laughs> he know now, I mean now, but, uh, we just compliment each other very nicely. Um, uh, you talk about systems and this and that. He's the creative genius. He's the mm-hmm. one who's always thinking out of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, I'm about systems, about doing, about getting deals done, moving on to the next one. He's about passion. Um, I'm about passion too, but you know, uh, as soon as the deal's done, I'm on to the next one. He likes mm-hmm. to go visit the store opening. Mm-hmm. He likes to see people go shopping for the daily needs. His why and my why are very different. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so he, he grew the company and, and in many different ways he grew as they use the word organically. I still trying to figure out what organically means, but he grew just because he was so successful. People wanted to join him. Mm-hmm. Um, he never intended on having a massive organization. He just wanted right. to, make enough money to feed his family and live another, you know, you know, survive. So, um, but thank God he, he developed a, you know, a, a beautiful business, a great name. Um, and I grew up a very nice life. Um, so, uh, and what was that transition like to like, how did you get it, start getting actually involved and how did that transition to listening to everything you say? Like, I don't know, how did that, you know, just briefly, like, how did that transition look like? So because my father's life was work right. and basketball, but, but 99% <laughs> of the time was work. Um, so when I'd go to and play basketball as a kid, we would go look at property before, after, and whenever we'd go out for ice cream after dinner, we'd go look at real estate. So I grew up looking at real estate. I mean, that's, right. everybody has what they were raised. They're Catholic, Muslim, Jewish, what have you. I grew up on real estate. So... Uh, I never really thought about doing anything else. Um, it's not like I had this massive inheritance because my father was a consultant broker. There wasn't, you know, I wasn't like just sitting in and collect money. I, you know, I, we had a name and I earned the right to make a lot of money, you know, but that was basically it. It wasn't like I was handed anything. Um, so I did my first deal when I was in college on spring break. I just, uh-huh. cause I just knew what I was doing. Right. Um, as soon as I got my license, I went ra- running around, driving around, calling on signs and writing down learning markets. So, uh, that was an absolute blessing because now if you mention a piece of property anywhere on long Island in the outer boroughs, I can close my eyes and describe it to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a, it's a great blessing for me that I can do that. Um, so, so I did my first deal in college, um, 
And, um, you know, as soon as I, I spent some time in Israel and then I came back and my father had me go work at a company called Forest City Ratner, which was the most prolific developer in the outer boroughs uh, in the 90s and early 2000s. And um, they built Atlantic Terminal, which is, you know, right. you know above the uh, massive transit hub in, in Brooklyn. And uh, I did that while I was going to NYU at night because I wanted to learn growing up wa watching my father struggle. I wanted to own real estate. I didn't want mm -hmm. to just be a broker. So mm -hmm. I wanted to get that training and that. And I learned a tremendous amount at Varsity Ratner while I was getting my graduate degree at NYU. So uh, got married and I knew that was it. I couldn't earn because I got a job basically making nothing because I wanted to learn. So, um, so I was living in an apartment, sleeping on a couch, and just learning real estate. Right. So as soon as I, uh, as soon as I got out of Far City and I graduated from NYU, I hit the ground running, and I just uh, started doing what I knew instinctively that I grew up on, and I started representing tenants, representing landlords, and um, I think I bought my first property when I was 27. Oh, so, yeah, I was about to ask if you, you know, if and when you, you, you got to that. So you, you were doing the brokerage as your day job, but at the same time, you, you had the background so that you'd be able to get into owning real estate also. Right. So, right. So, you, you, so part of trying to master a profession, doing what you're doing, right, is you want to be the best at whatever you're doing, right? So if let's say you are, you learn a trade, right? So now you want to buy a company, right, that that specialize in that trade. Yeah. So you want to be able to go in and know that company backwards and forwards from stocking the shelves to, you know, paying the bills, right? You want to be right. able to do everything. So I knew that. So I, I have now, uh, I started at an early age. I know the bricks. I know the market. I know the consumer patterns. I know right. the demographics. I know this and that. Right, so so why should I be doing this and I, I saw what right. we do as a company is either right. we retain or enhance people's wealth. Right? right. So why shouldn't I do that too? Exactly. So, so, uh, so I always did it without anybody knowing, um, meaning cause you have never want your clients to think you're competing with you, mm. um, ah, with them. Okay. So what I would do is just as a young age, I would type a piece, a property and I would, find people who want to do it with me. And uh, I never do any deals that really, I always want to have fun. You mm -hmm. always want to have fun what you do, okay. right? So so you never want to put so much in a deal because I watched my father do that, put too much in a deal and then it risks your livelihood, risks your house, mm -hmm. risks this and that. That destroys people. Mm -hmm. um, but also those people who take those kind of risks end up being, you know, billionaires and if you have right. that, if you way. have that goal, then fine. Um, but, uh, you know, there's never any deal that you want to put too much into. You want to have fun. It, you know, if you, if you make a double, make a triple, make a home run, everybody wants to do another deal with you. Right. So that's part of my philosophy is that every time you do a deal, whether it happens or not, whether it's successful or not, you want to leave the table. Everybody wants to do another deal with you. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, so, so, uh, Unlike my father, my father was very independently operated, right? So there's those people, the technician, right? That that they want to do everything themselves, right? And they, because no one can do it as good as them, I agree with that. No one can do anything as as good as me. Um, but I'm more accepting that if someone does seventy percent of a job that I can do, 
Right. And I have 15 people doing that. Correct. Right. Then, then you're doing a lot more. Correct. That's, that's, that's a little bit of the philosophy. So uh, that requires a tremendous amount of people management. That requires a tremendous amount of patience. And as we spoke about earlier, systems and processes and... Right, so and, that gets us to the next thing yeah. I wanted to ask about, which is, which is okay, you know, so there's a, a new generation mm -hmm. or a different personality. So, yeah, what, what are, you know, what are, what are the ways that you... And, and it sounds amazing about your father also in terms of humility that in just the second generation of the business that he built, you're, he is listening to you. And that's not necessarily a common Correct. thing that I hear. So, you know, you know, and, you know, it's usually maybe third or fourth generation of a business before that starts happening, because until then, that first generation is still in control. And so, you know, until it, that actually changes three or four generations down the line, then you start to, you know, then they could be start to see adaptation. So how, how have you adapted? And it's, so it's just a testament to your father and his humility and his open mindedness that that, that there's even that ability at this stage it's a family business, but it's not that old. I mean, really, you know, and uh, and uh, relative to some, right? And uh, and so that's just a, a testament to him. But what what kind of what kind of adaptations have you made? So first, you hit the nail on the head. My father is tremendously humble, even though he tell you he'll tell you that he has the biggest ego in the room. Um, in that, <clears throat> he knows what he he doesn't know. Um, he's actually afraid of what he doesn't know. Um, uh -huh. Well, not, yeah. Knowing what you don't know is not a small thing. Correct. Correct. So, uh, in two thousand, I think it was two thousand thirteen, I officially took over the company. Um, okay. And when you have more business than you have people, which is always our challenge at the company, um, because we we hire independent contractors who basically right. don't get paid salaries and they have right. to, you know, eat what they kill. Um, but we have this mousetrap or sort of speak that we just constantly get business 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 i get phone calls i get linkedin i get whatever whatever it is it's just constantly coming in because we have this nice brand and since my name's on the door i'm the one who gets the phone call so um yeah about five six years ago i tried to figure out maybe a little longer how to create that mousetrap right you have all these sparks flying around try to actualize them and turn right. the seeds into tr you know trees and then fruit so, so we create systems of how to determine qualified leads, right? right. That is like always that. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, where no. he takes out a, you know, he shows like it's like gold, like you know these are leads, you know. So when you have leads that come in, just every day I wake up, you know, we get 30, 40 leads. So we have to train people to actually interview right. those those calls and and know when when there's something hot on the phone, right? Um, so it's very, you constantly have to reinvent yourself, reinvent your processes, reinvent people, you know, constantly focusing on best practices. You know, what do you do when a phone so call you're documenting that and kind of iterating that documentation and making sure people are up to date on whatever the best method is of, let's say, qualifying a lead. That's one process. Right. So we created uh, something called an SOP in the office, Standard of Operating Procedure, okay. for each channel. So we have an investment sales division, a tenant rep division, mm -hmm. and a landlord rep division. So and you each have an of SOP them, for each division. Correct. Mm -hmm. and, and that's actually used. It's not just something that's correct. sitting on the shelf. No, it's right. actually used. Um, 
and we also have now adapted Salesforce. We've been building a Salesforce platform, customized it for ourselves over the last three years, and we live and breathe Salesforce. Sure. And I know right away, if you are in my circle, if you're going to be part of my team, if because I get charts, I get dashboards right. every day, statistics. Do they I can show these it to dashboards you. Too? Meaning, is that yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And we have something called Beast of the Month. Um, you know, I call it a Salesforce beast, you know, like you're, you're like most the, calls. What's it, was it like deals, clo deals, brought, everything brought in. We, we have a point schedule based upon, uh, you know, if you sign a deal, obviously that's the most points, right. but, but the guy who's struggling is starting out, who's banging the phone, putting in properties, you know, calling contacts, you know, getting meetings, you know, there's not, we give credits to that. Right. Um, so there's points so, for points for each call, points for each uh, points for meetings, points right. for showings, point for obviously closing deals, like you said. Correct. Bring in new clients. So um, so every month at the end, everybody sees the chart, and the beast of the month, for example. Right. There's no favoritism. There's no question. Everyone could see it right in front of them. Everything's accountability. Right. Where everything's right in front of you. So we had uh, I had four so that's tickets. That's all from post 2013. This is all. Oh, this is real. This yeah. is 2019. Right. So this oh, is this the is end result. Right. This is ha well. This has been going on for right. So this has been going on for the last uh, year, where we have uh, Beast of the Month, um, and uh, you know, like the month of August, the guys who won the top two got to invite two other guys in the office to go to the Yankee game. <laughs> right. So now there's a little bit of like I want to win. Right. So just to go back, so 2013, I think it was even earlier, but. Um, I joined the company in 2001, um, and, uh, you know, so just from a delegation standpoint, building the business, I was interested in hiring, I was interested in delegating, my father was not a delegator, bringing in a piece of business, assigning it to somebody with my oversight, Right, right. Um, so then it, it just evolved where, you know, instead of some properties, we ended up, you know, handling, I don't know, 100 to 150 properties at any given point in time. And then uh, I would say around, yeah, 2000, no, it was much earlier, it was 2008, 2007, when the recession hit, so that's when I noticed two things. A, a significant part of our business is in investment sales, mm -hmm. and B, the property values have gone down to the point when I was driving around when I was 17, when I was a teenager, and now I'm... The same prices. <laughs> right, now I'm 37, or whatever the number is, so, um, so a lot of my clients were struggling, and... Some one in particular, I sold his shopping center for his family, which was a massive shopping center that was falling apart. And then we went to the business business together, and we went around buying properties all over Long Island. Um, and uh, yeah, and they ended up we ended up buying them at really really cheap prices because nobody had liquidity back then. Right. 2010, everybody was struggling, and uh, we ended up turning them into drugstores and and banks and. And gas stations and urgent care facilities, and we did a, we did a bunch of deals, and, and thank God we wow. were successful doing it. So, so as a result, I started building an investment sales platform. Um, so when you have all this business going on, right? I, a, I don't sleep, and B, you have to try to figure out how to manage all that business. So I mentioned Salesforce, right. um, and then. Uh, I've been actively looking and recruiting and trying to get, it's very hard in a people service business when you're essentially not offering anybody any salary or anything, mm -hmm. you're offering them opportunity. Right. So there's a certain character that you need to find to do that. <coughs> so it's it's a constant struggle. It's a major human resources, human capital type of yeah. management, which is very difficult. 
Um, so anyway, so you had mentioned acquisitions. So we found a uh, wait. So one second before before yeah. we get to that. I mean, it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, I'm rambling. When yeah. I do no, and I want to, and I want to, and I do want to get onto that. Um, but it's just what you're saying with Salesforce. It's I'm actually working with a client now that's in the middle of implementing anything close to actually rolling out this customized Salesforce uh, to keep track of everything. In my old company, we you know we also used a highly customized version of Salesforce. And I tell the story about one team I was uh, I was overseeing that was working incredibly hard, and we were tracking all their you know we were tracking all this stuff in Salesforce, but it wasn't accessible to the team um, on a regular basis. What we ended up doing was we created a dashboard for them that they could see, where they could see not only themselves but everybody else and a lot of different metrics of what they did. Mm -hmm. And I, I have no doubt before that that they were working. Uh, they're working top capacity, like they were working as hard as they could. But yet, literally, when that dashboards and those metrics became available to everybody, they literally were close to doubled their monthly productivity of the whatever their role was. They're working in the field and the enrollments they were completing literally almost doubled just from making those making that stuff visible because it's it not only. There, there's certain it's it's the human spirit, right. the drive of competition, and, and also it it also pride. I also tell people that it it puts a mirror in front of your face, and you can, you, that's a big thing. You have to have integrity with yourself. Right. Am I actually doing the best I can do? Right. And it also, honestly, it also helps if you know if uh, if people don't really people don't really know where they're holding relative to other people. They, it's hard to know, you know, my, my, you know, but they see, oh gosh, this one is doing, you know, 60 a month and I'm doing 30 a month, then gosh, and, you know, it's just that that does something Correct. also. It's like, you know, what do I need to do differently? I don't I don't even know exactly mechanically what goes on to, to, to make that possible, but that's what well, happens. One of the things that Salesforce is doing is that we're now seeing productivity and now we also have an open platform where physically we're all around each other. We see how we talk on the phone right. and this and that. So, A, it shows you from a statistical standpoint. Then there's the human aspect mm -hmm. where just the way people think, especially the millennial generation, they're not programmed properly. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But there's one thing about statistics and being on an iPhone. There's another thing, like we're talking right now, looking at each other right, eye to eye. Right. There's another thing about communicating with people and developing relationships, right. intimate relationships. And that process uh, or the way people go about trying to develop those relationships to actually turn it into money, I see that there is – there's like a miss there. There's something there that's missing. And uh, we we pride ourselves on, we have a couple of leaders in our office who really have taken upon themselves to sit down with these, you know, these mm -hmm. striving, growing brokers, mm -hmm. salespeople to say, like, show me what your process is. Show me what you do when you get, see a piece of business. When you get a good phone call, what do you do with it? What do you do? Send an email. We call, I, it, if I ever write a book, it's one chapter is going to be called F U. <laughs> okay. Um, follow up. Oh. Okay. And we talk about it in the office all the time. So, what's your process of follow up, right? So, you make a phone call that someone says, Yeah, yeah, I'm interested, you know, but now's not a good time. So, what do you do with that? Right. Do you send up, you know, we, I, I actually made a little Shuckman Realty stationary so the person can write a personal note. We're actually 
teaching them and making part of our process right. what to do with the FU. Right. Right. So email, call, Salesforce, so, you know, a follow-up task, yeah. you know. So, so sometimes mechanics, you know, me, it was always natural, right? right. I see someone, hey, put my arm around them. You can make it a process. Right. So we have to make it a standard process because you need to understand what the generation you're dealing with. And then once they start seeing it, it's not, they don't have to be so mechanical. It's not just the generation also. I mean, it's just people. Yeah. It's just something yeah. that can be learned. Not everybody gets it as naturally as, as maybe you did, but. And that, by the way, that was, that's a big uh, revelation or whatever the term is, the uh, aha moment that not everybody is you. Right. Not everybody is me. That I had that moment with my children as well, right? right. You know, they, yeah. you, you realize that that your children are not going to be you, right? They're going to be them, right. right? So you're only here to guide them. So, um, you know, when you talk about strengths, I know, uh, you know, with strength finders and this and that, one yeah. of the, the big thing that I saw with that is that is that you know you always people focus on their on your flaws and say okay let's fix this as opposed to let's focus on what your strengths are and and capitalize on those strengths and develop those strengths so um that's instinctively part of what we do and i've read the books and i'm a very big fan of a lot of the books i think you're i mean i'm thinking that you you have read as well and that's another thing i have gotten very into if you meet me and you develop a cashier, a relationship with me, uh, you most likely will get a book in the mail, um, because I believe very strongly in in reading books and not not taking them on as your constitution or as your Bible, but getting a little tidbit right. from it and then growing from right. it. Um, so you'll see that everybody in my office has read different types of books, and they'll come. You know, you'll see uh, a, a young broker in his twenties had a, a big closing, got a big check, big smile on his face. He goes, you know, could Bob Berg, you know, the, the Go Giving Go Giver series. Oh, yeah. So he goes, you know, you know, you told me to read that book, and I'm looking at, you know, people look back at what they did wrong when a deal fails. Right. So he says, I'm looking back on what I did right. Right. And, and it's I was from a the ideas in that book. Yeah. Right. That that for me, by the way, when you talk about my why and what makes me feel good and what I like to do. Besides money, my my thing that I love to do is I like to take somebody who's struggling with their livelihood and make them into a six-figure earner and right. be able to provide for their family. That's where I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's you know we we you know I, I'd mentioned before about my my work with helping companies do EOS and entrepreneurial operating system and. You know, one of the six, one of the six key components, you know, of, of an entire business, I mean, is, is process and having processes that are number one documented, which you're doing and, uh, and having some process for making sure that it's followed by all that it's actually being carried out. Uh, and with, I mean, between with Salesforce or whatever else you're doing, uh, obviously it sounds like you're doing that. So that's, you know, that's obviously key. And but you were, you were starting to talk before about, uh, about, uh, growth through acquisitions. So I know you, you recently, a few months ago did a acquisition so what happened there how did you know that that was the right how did you know that was the right thing well we closed on that deal i think it was may okay and the reason why i know it was right because as of yesterday i'm in the black on that deal so okay. uh it's officially profitable um <laughs> so well how'd you know I, before you did it <laughs> How did you know before? Meaning, like, if I have a business, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the people uh, listening, right? So, if I have yeah. a business and, 
you look at you grow organically, you just get more customers, more leads, advertise market, you know, whatever, hire more people. That's that's one thing. But the uh, the the idea of growth through acquisition, it's you know, we haven't really focused on it yet on on, on the show yet. And so I just want to I want to I do want to hear more. So about th that. this is something that I'm developing. Um, I have an actually a recruiter that actively looks for uh, brokers of various experience in the marketplace. Um, and it's very, very hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard because, like I said, we don't really offer anything except opportunity. Right. right? So it's very hard. So um, not to go into the details of the firm that we we acquired, but this was a this was a firm that the recruiter was actually looking for people in that firm. And, mm -hmm. and the principal of that firm said when he found out who it was, and this is a testament, testimony, 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 a um, to our brand right he said you know we don't really have a brand we were spin off from another company we would love to be absorbed into the shuckman brand which mm -hmm. i thought was um was flattering and also made made me realize what we've been doing in our social media we have someone who's dedicated to social media right. everybody thinks it's me it's my face but it's 90 90 percent of it's not me uh -huh. um and they wanted to become part of our brand because when they call, they call someone on the phone pitching a deal, you know, the, no one knew who who they were. Right. So that was A. B, um, when you're running a business, right, we talk, Michael Gerber is the technician, you have the entrepreneur and the manager. Right. So often the technician can't do the other two. And this is this is part of what we did and we're now doing talking to other firms about doing this is that is that people don't like the overhead. People don't like the stress of running people, managing a company, dealing with the legal, dealing with the, the accounting, the bookkeeping, right. the rent, this and that. They just want to make deals, right? Right. So they're good at it. So the technician then hires a couple people. And all of a sudden, he's a big company, and then he doesn't know right. want to run a company. Right. He wants to do deals. Right. So we offer them that opportunity to get that weight off their shoulders and be absorbed into Shockman Realty. So, um, so you're looking so we, for other acquisitions now too, you mean? Yes, yes. We're So the question is acquisitions or are we going to be providing a service for other companies, mm -hmm. right? So what is it? We're providing them with a brand. We are right. providing them with, you know, the All data the systems, office, the Salesforce, yeah. the back office, the legal, the, the marketing, the um, social media, the, you know, you name it. There's a lot of things that, you know, I don't realize it because I've been building this my whole life. I don't realize that. And I and I realized when I met this company that all of these things someone actually has to do. Right. You know, you know, I've been I'm on my fourth or fifth version of my website. So I'm I guess I, you could say I'm, I'm experienced with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're now building another one. Mm -hmm. um, when you are a young company and you're a deal maker and you realize that a big part of building your company is your website. That's very scary. Yeah. Right? That's a lot of work, and it's that come. It takes bandwidth away from making the deals. Making deals. So, so that's what we're. That's what we did with this company. So, um, we had an office, a small office in Long Island City. They had an office in Williamsburg, and uh, we consolidated the brokers, the two, and we actually moved to Manhattan. We have a. Uh, we're actually in a WeWork in Manhattan, which we can go into a whole. We can write a whole book about our business and the WeWork model mm -hmm. is like is is there's a lot of synergy there um especially with entrepreneurs you know type a personalities we have like a boiler room kind of thing it's amazing everybody's helping each other out 
Um, but anyway, so they absorbed into our firm. They were an investment sales firm. We were primary leasing. Mm -hmm. um, investment sales in New York City is probably the lowest volume it's been in decades. Um, so they were very happy to now come into a group. It's also that more also diversified, right? Yeah, so they're more diversified. They brought diversity to us. It was a very nice compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, not only are we making money now on leasing, but, you know, sales and multifamily sales where we're focused on retail. And now there's a synergy that's going on because if they call right now, you have a little bit of a different pitch, right? Do you want to sell? No. Oh, but do you have retail space? We have we have a company that's been around for 40 years doing retail leasing. Right. So now there's referring right. back and forth and it's it's actually been quite successful right. and I'm looking forward to the future of doing that. So now we're talking to other companies. Right. So, 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 what, so I mean, so one thing I'm hearing just to, to solidify, to, you know, at least one takeaway point is looking yeah. for an acquisition that is bringing something, you know, that you're not yet doing or not yet doing enough of. And it just bringing bringing yourself a greater, a greater skill sets by bringing them in. Correct. We, we actually have laid out, a package of what we could provide people, uh, a company or individuals, right? You might be someone who's working from home. It's very lonely. No one knows who you are. You might be a great deal maker, but there's no camaraderie, there's no collaboration, this and that. Right. So, so uh, we're offering uh, companies and individuals a package. We actually have it laid out of mm. all the different uh, benefits that you get for joining Shuckman Realty, being absorbed into it. I'm actually calling it... Um, we are Shuckman. Uh, we're Shuckman, meaning we, which is plays off the we work. Mm -hmm. RE is real estate Shuckman, mm -hmm. right? So we're Shuckman. So it's it's a it's a collaborative platform where you can be. We are, we have a group in California we're talking to who are thinking about coming into our our system. Hmm. We have a group in uh, someone's moving to Boulder, Colorado, who is actually a New York City broker. He's thinking about coming into our system. We're oh, talking so to a group in in New Jersey. So new, I mean, it. so this new approach is really could lead to it, tremendous growth. Right, with very low overhead and significant branding. So it's and it, and the proof is in the pudding. We had a, a firm recently uh, after this acquisition of this other company, another firm contacted the principal of that company, mm -hmm. who's now part of our company, and said, "Hey, How's would he consider oh. coming? You know, us coming in to the Shuckman brand?" Uh -huh. uh, so we had a meeting, and uh, you know, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, so and how are you evaluating how are you evaluating these, these these potential partners or potential quarries or absorbees? I don't know what you want to call them, but well, the the first example I interviewed everybody in the company, right? So you want to make sure that when you're you need to know what you're buying and right. need to know if and of course you know I didn't anticipate all of them sticking around and you know you 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 want to end up with a few good men, right or women. And, um, you know, so you, I interviewed everybody. You need to know what the, you know, right. we're in the human capital business. Right, so the foundation right. of your business is people. So you need to make sure that you have good character. You want to know, you know, I always ask people, it's a big interview thing for me, what time you wake up in the morning, right? So I remember I was interviewing this young man. And, That's uh, not a very common interview question. No. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, I'm very interested in the way I interview people. But I said, what time do you get in the office? He said, 10. I said, that's like the afternoon for me. So I said, what, what, what did you do between that? Eh, shower, you know, wake up, shower. I'm like, and you get in the office at 10? So right away I knew that that person was not long for Shuckman Realty. Um, so, 
you know, because I'm a 150% type person. Right. If you ask anybody who works, at, they'll get emails at 2 a.m., 3 I'll wake up thinking of a deal, you know. So uh, Salesforce, everybody has their video game. My Salesforce is my video uh -huh. game. So so I'll say, I'll just, you'll randomly get a, a chat saying, did you F you on this, you know, and, you know, and then all of a sudden the person, ah, maybe I should. And all of a sudden now they have a side tour with this medical tenant. Right. Know? So, um, so uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, right, You're right. So it's looking like looking for looking for potential. I mean, potential synergy or extra diversification of what of what I could be doing based on uh, on acquirees. It sounds really interesting what you're doing with these uh, with these potential partners. I, I love I love systemizing that too. You know, making it. Uh, it's not easy because I'm I'm a deal junkie. So. You know, I like to do deals, and right. it's not easy because it's the whole idea of working on your business or working in your yeah. business. So, someone who is, you know, the big—I remember one of one of my closest, closest, closest friends. He's a he's a partner in the firm now. He turned to me and said, "You know, if you build the company bigger, you're going to be moving from a the owner of the company to a CEO, and that that scares me because that it may stop your creative juices flowing." Um, thank God I work about 30 hours of every out of every 24. So, so uh, so far that hasn't happened. Right. But yes, I, you have to. You got to make sure I have an organizational chart. I have to make you know I have what called channel leaders. They're who are my liaisons to the rest of the company. Um, but you know another thing I do. I, I know I'm going all over the place, but I have a 15 minute phone call with two people a day in the office so i have a a, a a cycle we have about 30 people so right. so every i have two people a day so i have bi-weekly phone calls with everybody make sure i'm touching and and having an intimate connection right. and, and um so you know so i can i try to be everywhere at once but it, is, it is an interesting question what what you're asked in terms of you know when you described earlier you know in in, in the eos model there's a visionary and the integrator can a visionary is you know, kind of like whatever the big idea guy I don't, the integrator is the one that really knows how to be the glue and tie everything together and keep everybody rowing in the same direction and create discipline and accountability and create those systems and etc it sounds like when you described you and your father earlier i was thinking okay well, your father's the visionary you're the integrator even though but you're also a big deal maker so you have a lot of the you know a lot of those you know relationship building and you have a lot of those visionary qualities but now i'm thinking like as this thing is as this thing is growing I mean, you, you may need a, another integrator, somebody else that can, you know, because there's so m much stuff to keep those wheels turning and, you know, uh, and the deals going right. uh, that's necessary. I, I guess I just wonder if you're going to need a COO under you at some point. You know, you just, you just hit the nail on the head. That's the next move mm -hmm. is I'm going to need a COO. Um, okay. The... I'm just waiting for the revenue to grow. You know, you, the, the business business is very cyclical. Right. And uh, thank God we've never had a year that since I've been running it, because when my father was running it, you didn't know what you did one year to the next. It was just, you know, I, I literally, and that's a whole other discussion, find money all the time around the office because I find agreements and people owe us money. Um, <laughs> that's not the way I run the company. Right. But since I've been running the company, we haven't had a year that's been – uh, where revenue has been less than the year before. Okay. So it was a question of overhead. So um, so once I hit a certain point where I'm feeling comfortable with this new acquisition 
And if I make any others, uh, the next move is going to be a CO. I have no choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's great to be having the call with, like, all the brokers, but, like, at some point when you have 300 brokers, like, it's like at some point that's not going to be possible, but, but you know, to try to create systems and a culture that can offer the same type of value, you know, or, or an approximate type of value, uh, you know, in, in a larger organization it may not work the same way, be exactly the same method, but to try to preserve as much of the good that you can while still you know being able to to do what and you want to do and it's very hard because you want to make sure that because it's a very competitive market right so you want to make sure that everybody feels gets the proper attention and they're yeah. learning and right they, you know you you want that connection with everybody i mean it's just like a rabbi with their congregation right so the bigger the congregation the less individual individualized attention that they get so yeah, you don't want a company to get too big um, because, you know, that's why this model of having different offices and different partners in different regions because you don't have to pay attention to them as much. And if you establish the value as the brand and, you know, the collaboration and referring business back and forth, then they feel that they're a part of something much bigger. And you always have to look at it you know, there's, I think it was Michael Vickers said that um, it's an author that I'm a big fan of. He wrote Dance the Rainmaker. Okay. So, so you talked about also about being preferred. These books are, if you want to be in my circle, in my office, quote that book and I'm sending you deals. Um, but, it, but he describes about why someone will want to do business with you right. or make you an exclusive vendor is because he says two two things is that it it feels so good they have no choice or their current situation hurts so bad they there's no other alternative right so you always want to be there to being preferred is when the fit hits the shan or or when they're ready to move and make you know increase their wealth who's the who's who are they picking up the phone to call in their moment of of, of you know uh, desperation right. or in the moment of uh, exhilarance you know like who are they calling you want to be that phone call right. you want to be that guy that they're gonna call that is the goal of of what you're trying to do so so that's that's a little bit of the methodology if I'm ever gonna be preaching or speaking or this and that you want to do that that's that's um, that's a very, very, very big thing about it. in anything anybody does in sales, you want to become preferred. That's that's like mm. the line in the office. How do you become preferred? People have to entrust, trust you. You know, their property or whatever their widget is that they own, that's their baby. Sometimes they love their, their real estate more than they love their children. Uh, I know several people who spend more time on their real estate than they do with their children. But um, But why are they going to entrust their children to you? That's called being preferred. You right. need to make them feel very, very good about it. And we have a methodology of how you do that. Mm. You know, and the, that's the that's the big, big thing. And you talk about uh, EOS, right? So the big thing is how what I know instinctively. How do you articulate that? Right. That's something I've grown. How do you articulate? And I still have a big, big problem as people helping me with that, where I assume you know what I'm thinking. Because mm -hmm. you do what I do every day. Right. I, you cannot assume that someone who's in the business for 30 years or, or two years know, instinctively thinks the way you think. Right. 
So we're trying to articulate that and, you know, and put that down on paper and make that a, an SOP. Right, right. I find it strange. No, that, that, yeah, I mean, but, right. Right, something that seems like it, you know, demeans it almost by, by, by putting it in that form. But it's, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but in terms of systemizing things, SOP, getting it followed by all. Um, yeah. I'll give you an example. This is crazy. We have a system of how you get paid. Okay. Okay. So oftentimes someone in the leasing business do not get paid until the store opens. Right. So you would think if you're trying to feed your family or pay your rent or right. just having beer money on Friday night, you're calling every week, <laughs> you're calling every week, you're going to drive by the store when it opens, then you're going to, then you're going to tell the bookkeeper, bill, 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 right? Some people don't do that. Some people, like, there's oh, forms, no. there's forms you have to fill out to get paid. It's called a transaction report, right? So now we're doing that in Salesforce. We're moving right. away from it so they don't have to work so hard. So they just click a button, the whole thing, but they have to put all the data in, right? So, but I, it, it boggles my mind that I have to have an SOP. Right. How you get paid for, for your own, for you get right, paid. For, right, for them to get right. paid. Um, and we did a whole, by the way, when we brought in the new firm and we've done this, every department, gave a, uh, a PowerPoint presentation on how to, our systems, right. right? And some people follow it and some people don't. The people who don't, they're not gonna be that successful. The people who do are, anybody, it's interesting. Someone says if you follow Ken's system, right? Whether he writes it down or not, you make money. Uh -huh. If you don't, if you like go off to the side, you don't interact, you don't collaborate, you don't make money. It's It's, it's a proven, I mean, I've seen it for the last 20 years right. that I've been doing this. It's a proven thing. So that's why I'm trying to, we're trying to systemize it, write it down and get it. You right. Know, get it more buy-in, more. Right. So that's, uh, so that's great. All right. So in terms of, uh, in terms of the, uh, in terms of, you know, adapting to the, uh, adapting to the times or adapting to, you know, the growth mindset. It's very interesting. It's inspiring for your father and everything that he's done and his open-mindedness about, you know, learning and adaptation, everything you're doing, uh, SOPs, processes, obviously couldn't be a bigger fan. And, and I think that's great for people to hear and be reminded of and, uh, you know, an attitude towards acquisition, and how you approach that and, and look at the people that you're bringing in, uh, which especially for your businesses is, is, the, is the main thing you're, is the main thing you're getting, <laughs> yes. the main thing you're getting, unless it's a brand also, which I guess that's, I'd be interested to see how that would apply. But, but I really appreciate you coming out and thank you. Thank you for having yeah, no, me. No, thank you for everything, and uh, and it's uh, it's fascinating, and so you know I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll see everybody else uh, on the other side as well. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host Ben Wolf.